together. But uh, anyway, uh, she has some very good practical things. So let's have a word of prayer and we'll go forward here. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to spend time in your word. I pray that you'll give us clarity as we uh, talk about this important subject this morning. And Lord, encourage all of our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are starting this whole series as we've done the last couple of times uh, from a very important perspective. And I am so thankful she didn't go charging into this uh, discussion uh, looking at some of the human aspects first. She started right where it needs to start and that is with a, our relationship to God because it's God who's going to give us the wisdom, the direction, uh, who's going to enable us to be able to handle our lives. Many times people get discouraged. They hear about life management type um, ideas that are very good. Organizing, and of course, I've taught priority time management and I've taught um, uh, those kinds of things. But one of my worries is that if you just try to do the human aspect without looking to the Lord, um, then oftentimes we can be discouraged. In fact, we're all built differently. Some people just love organization. Some of you don't love organization. You know, you just got a different set of strengths. And so if we gauge ourselves based upon our natural abilities, uh, we could easily get frustrated and discouraged. But uh, she starts off with the fact that our walk with God is truly the secret to being able to manage our life properly. Do you think God knows how to manage your life? Does he know you? He knows you a whole lot better than you know yourself. And I, that's a great comfort. Every so often uh, that thought will hit me as I'm spending my time with the Lord in that the Lord understands me better than I understand myself. And so that's a great comfort. And he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And so this emphasis on the word of God and prayer is not just a nice little, all right, those things need to be said to start off a study like this. No, it's absolutely essential. In fact, if we really got these down, we wouldn't have to go through the rest of the study in many ways. Now, we need practical help. I don't mean to overstate it. But when you walk with God, God gives you the walk. You're walking the right path. You're making the right decisions. Psalm 5, if you'll turn there, Psalm 5. We're looking this morning at developing a passion for prayer. Prayer is her subject. It was last week. All, well, it was actually the Bible study aspect, and that led into prayer. But Psalm 5, and we'll look just at verse 3 as a starter here <clears throat> this morning. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. That's a simple verse, but it was the key to David. It was the key to the Lord Jesus, where the day is started with looking up. Where do we normally start? Looking in. And I'm telling you folks, that's not the, that's not the encouraging way to start life, okay? Don't look in or look around at things. Look up. And as I mentioned in my message on Sunday, uh, talking about the power of God, an eagle doesn't worry about crossing rivers, does it? Because it's soaring way above. And when we are 
on eagle's wings. And we are looking at life properly, and we are very aware of the, of the strength of the Lord. Rivers are not anymore impassable. We know that we can actually fly over them. And so it's very important to get the right perspective. John Flavel uh, from the 17th century said, Observed duties maintain our credit, but secret duties maintain our life. And how true it is. You know, sometimes you want to emulate someone and you see what they do. You know, you want to find out how, what's their schedule and how do they handle things and what do they do. And, uh, but you don't realize many times, many times folks won't talk about it that much unless you really probe it. It's their secret closet. <laughs> it is their secret time with the Lord. It is the times throughout the day that they meditate. It is their heart abiding in Christ that is their ability to make right decisions and right choices and seem to have a calmness as they go through pressures. And, you know, you certainly can gain a lot from their schedule and their priorities, but you've got to realize that all came out of a time with God. And I have found that to be so true. You've heard me whenever I talk about priority time management, that that ought to come at times of prayer. Uh, I'm just amazed how God alters what I'm thinking when I'm looking at my schedule from, a, from my prayer time. And uh, it just, and it also gives you great confidence and rest. So it's very important. So uh, prayer is that secret duty that we have. It's a privilege uh, because of our relationship um, with the Lord. But let me say too, it is a duty because over and over and over throughout Scripture, Prayer is mandated because God knows we can't exist without it. We can do nothing without Him. And if we're not God conscious, we are not living life. We may be saved and have eternal life, but we cannot have abundant life without a direct spiritual relationship with the Lord. And so we don't want to look at it as duty from a standpoint of fleshly action, but it is a responsibility because God loves us, and God loves those that we're supposed to touch. And so prayer is really not an option, as we're going to see, and she really emphasizes that in this chapter. All right, how should we pray? Several things that are suggested here. Pray regularly. The Lord didn't say, if you pray. What did he say? When you pray, right. And, um, and so uh, it's assumed by the Lord that we will pray. And it's often been said, if Jesus got up early before the day and spent time with his Father, how much more do we need that? Now, you've got to remember, as you look at the life of Jesus Christ, he was living a human life. He needed God's, uh, the Father's power. He needed the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. Now, he didn't have sin. His Spirit was perfect. He was not born with sin. Uh, he was divine. I understand that, but he does understand every infirmity and weakness we have because he has them also. He was tested in all points, yet without sin. And, uh, and so he knew from a human standpoint, and even in his own, it's a mystery to us, but his divine relationship with the Father, he had to spend time. He had to spend time. And so it needs to be regular. 
One uh, preacher from the 19th century said, prayer is the life breath of true Christianity. And we'll talk about this a little later, but folks, there has to be in your mind, as you think of priorities, as you think of busyness, and when you think of managing your life, when you think of all of these things, you've got to understand that prayer is not an option. It is not an option. I mean, it's got to be bedrock. It's not the one thing you can let go if you're busy. That's the, that is the major downfall of many, many people, is that the busier they get, the less they pray. And it should be the opposite, because you need God's direction in the matter of prayer. So it's got to be in your soul that I must spend time with the Lord. By the way, when you don't take time to pray, it makes it clear that you're not thinking spiritually. Because if you really value God's work, if you really want to see God use your life, if you're uh, wanting to know more about Him and want to grow, well then prayer is just obvious. And so it ought to bother you if you can skip prayer. I'm getting to preaching here now a little bit, but uh, I, I really want to encourage you to realize that praying, not praying without ceasing is sinning because we are living in the flesh. And this is one thing that I believe, if you want, there are many pressures in our culture and all kinds of things we could talk about. Why is evangelical Christianity in such a mess? But I would say one of the major things, if not the major thing, and it's based upon wrong concepts, is a lack of prayer. That's why our churches are in deep trouble and our, our and individual believers are in deep trouble. We shouldn't be having the problems that we're having. Uh, we have a God on the throne. Yes, there's a spiritual battle. Then the next thing she says is pray uh, respectfully. And it is important uh, to, uh, to understand that our Heavenly Father is not the man upstairs. We need to have a good, close, intimate relationship, but it's based upon uh, He is uh, the King of glory. I would encourage you to try to be in the different, uh, we're going to have, we're starting a whole year of our theme here is the, the I Am, looking at the greatness of our God. Know Him, understand who He is, and then join Him in His purpose for us for us as believers, for us individually. And the more you look at who God is, the more it will change your life. And so Sunday mornings we're going to be covering the great attributes of God and the life of the Lord Jesus. It just, we could, this is one time I have no trouble uh, knowing what to preach for a year. <laughs> Not a problem at all. <laughs> in fact, I can guarantee you when I finish up in the summer, uh, next year, I'm going to be thinking, I need more time. It's just because the Bible is resplendent with and filled uh, with who God is. And that will help you pray respectfully. You can pray intimately to your God, but that will only happen if you really know who He is. And you really appreciate who uh, He is. What a great God. And He cares about you, this great God. Pray humbly is the third thing she mentions here. Obviously, we don't do this to impress people, to check off a box, uh, to gain anything. It has nothing to do with any of that. And, um, and you won't keep praying, frankly, if you're not transparent and coming to God honestly. And then pray boldly. Uh, you look at the great promises 
if you ever struggle a little bit with prayer, read John 14, 15, and 16, and 17 over and over and over, and you will be absolutely thrilled with the teaching of the Lord Jesus right before his crucifixion to his disciples about the relationship that he wanted with them. And if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I mean, that's a, just a tremendous thing. And uh, you can go wrong, uh, right on. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. This matter of uh, answers to prayer is not a mystery. It's having the heart of God. God's got your heart, and as you know the Word and you know His heart, you can pray with boldness. Uh, because you know what to pray, and God will actually cause you to pray audacious prayers. Uh, sometimes I'll say, Lord, do you really mean we should claim that? You know, And uh, I mean, God will continue to lead that way. And Well, this is going to be a, a real test, because I know I'm supposed to pray this, but um, wow, that's a big deal. And so uh, praying boldly is uh, just a part, and you know, that will encourage you. Because do you face issues in your busy management? Do you face things that make it hard? Or do you find disappointments, frustrations? Do you have those things? Absolutely. But if you know how to pray big prayers, then those things, you're not going to shrink back and say, no, God doesn't care. Of course He cares. And you can believe God's going to give you wisdom. Listen, God never leaves you without wisdom. He never leaves any situation unsolved. I stopped on purpose. It's true. God never leaves you without wisdom, and He never uh, allows you to have any problem go unsolved. He will always, He will always work it through. It may take time. You may have to wait on the Lord. You may have to change. God may be working on you. But I'm telling you, you will look at every life situation later, and you'll say, God did it again. God brought it through. God solved it. God gave wisdom. God changed me. But God always works. Do you believe that, ladies? Now, the reason I'm sort of slowing down on this is we really don't believe it a lot of the times. Uh, somehow we think God misses us on a few things. How many of you ever thought that? Lord, you, you forgot about me. Anybody ever thought that? Raise your hand. You did think about that. Okay, let's... Uh, uh, and, uh, but that thought is uh, obviously not true. Not true. And what, you can rest in your heart. He will take care of you. You say, but you know, I, I didn't have the right priorities yesterday, and I wasted time the day before. God knows that. Do you think God will take you further into knowing how to do His will? Absolutely. Does He forgive? Yes. Will He turn even the circumstances that you sort of goofed up into good if you'll trust Him? Yes. Wow. What a God. And that's really thrilling when you get a hold of that. And then the last thing she says on how, how to pray is pray broadly. Uh, and, you know, of course, in the hour with God that we give you, and I do encourage you, if you don't have that outline, it will help you the different pieces of the Lord's Prayer. But the matter of worshiping God by praising Him and looking at His attributes. In fact, we're going to be giving a tool in a couple of weeks here on... on um, going through the scriptures and pulling out the attributes of God, learning what that means, developing an even greater understanding of God. Uh, but then after you've done that, you've confessed your sin, you have 
taken your stand in spiritual warfare and are claiming the promises of God, then you can pray broadly for others. Do not limit the, the, uh, the strength that the Spirit of God will give you to pray for many people and many things. Now, you do need to write them down, but, you know, when somebody says, would you pray with me? By the way, if you say yes, you better figure out how you're going to do it and not just pray at that moment and say, um, you know, okay, I did my duty. Uh, if you make a promise, keep the promise. Have a little system on what to do, and um, that's really important. Uh, there's a daily prayer list. You have a weekly prayer list. You have uh, just different ways that you can uh, pray for folks. But uh, I am amazed how many people I can pray for in one day when the Spirit of God works and if I have the right plan. So, uh, you know, God will burden your heart about something. You know, like, for instance, a missionary will come through. And God touches your heart. Does God, God mean just for you to be touched at that moment and leave that burden of that missionary in the past? No, if he touches your heart, especially about missionaries we support and so forth that are part of our ministry, well, then we ought to take that. But the, and God will allow you to pray broadly for that. And uh, so it's really exciting. I just love it. The more, the more you pray for folks and mean it, the more you get excited because when you hear God answer prayer, Say, Lord, thank you for letting me have a little part in that. And you did a, a, a great thing. All right. Um, she then has a section here on the matter of spiritual health and the importance of spiritual disciplines in our life. In other words, our relationship to God needs to be an ordered part of our life. Now, the danger is if we just see it as duty only, and if we just are disciplined to do certain things because those are important spiritual matters, we can lose the whole idea. Spiritual disciplines are simply the priority of your relationship with God and what it takes to have the right relationship. You are ordered in a way that it is part of your spiritual DNA and that's who you are. So in other words, you've got to get that in your life. That is your life. Being in the Word, prayer, meditation, knowing God's Word, memorizing God's Word. Can't be a set of duties. It's got to be you because God's Word is His communication to you. Prayer is the very breath of life. And uh, this is something that you are convinced. You have a deep commitment because you are convinced and have a conviction in your soul that it is absolutely important. Uh, Donald Whitney says, The spiritual disciplines are the God-ordained means by which we bring ourselves before God, experience Him, and are changed into Christ's likeness. I want to make that statement there again. Note this. Experience Him. We come before God, experience Him, and are changed into Christ's likeness. We're in our Bible studies on Sunday mornings in that series, Experiencing God, based on the book by the Blackabees, uh, Father, Son. It is a, it's a great book. It's simple. Have you noticed how simple that study is, those of you that are in it? But God means for us to experience Him and to be transformed into His very image. That's the great potential of all of us. 
These devotional and sanctifying practices include the private reading of and meditating on Scripture, individual prayer, fasting, solitude, and the keeping of a spiritual journal. And what he's saying is obviously what we endeavor to try to encourage you to do in your Christian life. That individual prayer is so important. And so it's emphasized here, I've already said you have to pray regularly, but you need to make a commitment. This has got to be one of those serious commitments in your life. We do what we're convinced is the most important thing to do. Now you ladies, there are certain things, let's take your family for instance. Uh, you don't have to be told if your child's in need, you move, right? I mean, that's important, you move. Uh, if you're the right kind of uh, wife, if your husband uh, uh, has burdens and all that you can do something about, you don't have to be told twice to do something. That's just in you. And there's other things that God just equipped women with that's a tremendous thing. And it's just not a problem. We're going to do those things. That, that's just, that's a settled matter. Well, that's the kind of commitment that you must have in your Bible reading and prayer, your, your major time with the Lord every day. And um, she suggests in a journal uh, or whatever is a, your very valuable personal uh, little journal or whatever you want to call it, uh, to actually write out in your own handwriting a commitment to God about the time you're going to spend with Him and the, and the place and emphasis that you're going to let, let it be in your life. And, um, and of course, we constantly are trying to just help you make commitments about spending an extended time with the Lord. You do not do what you don't plan for. In other words, you have to make it priority. And you, you know, it's interesting, other things in life aren't that hard to make a commitment to do. Some habits are harder than others. Why is this one such a big one? Your flesh fights it every step of the way and Satan is going to try to trip you up. It's a battle. Uh, often said, you can usually make a commitment to read your Bible pretty easily. But you make a commitment to pray and you make a commitment to reach people with the gospel, whoa, you've just stepped into spiritual battle because Satan, I mean, he cowers at a believer on his knees and a believer that believes that the gospel is the power of God. And that believer is going to do damage to what Satan is doing. But, folks, Christ, we're in Christ. He's far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. We don't, have to, we don't have to lose that battle. Our flesh has been defeated already at the cross. Uh, our old man uh, has been rendered ineffective. We are a new creature in Christ. It's a wonderful thing. So these commitments can be made, but don't make the mistake of thinking it's a New Year's resolution. <laughs> no, it is a heart commitment to your God because you know you cannot uh, live without it. So I appreciate this emphasis that she's making here. She's absolutely right. This book is worthless if you do not start off with a walk with God because it is going to be God who will empower the right techniques to manage your busy day and your busy life. And if you leave that out, nothing's going to work. <laughs>
You may be efficient, but it's God that rears your children. It's God that makes your marriage. It's God that gives you peace. It's God that makes your life worthwhile. It's God that does eternal things. And so we try to do it ourselves. We're in there ending up with corruption, even trying to do good things. Remember, for the lost people, even the righteousness that they do is filthy rags as far as God is concerned. So you've got to keep that in mind. It's very important. So prayer, as she said, it's not optional. If you commit to a certain time, keep it. And that means if you're married, you've got to tell your husband, and there's got to be an agreement. That's the time. This is when I'm going to do it, and this is the amount of time I'm going to be doing it. And does that, does that fit with schedule? What advice do you have? And get it settled. Mark it down. If you have children, you've got to figure out when and how. And I'm telling you, you dear ladies with little ones, uh, I remember those days. I wasn't the mother, but when you have six, there's sort of double duty that goes on, you know, uh, in the mornings. And, um, and so I had very early devotions a lot. And, but those were precious times. I lived a little tired, but, um, uh, you know, now it's always embarrassing to me because this was just a matter of doing it. But one thing my kids will always say if they're ever make, giving a testimony, oh, yeah, I'd wake up and I'd see Dad. You know, I usually try to beat them. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's important. This is, this is life. My mother, my mother was always in the Word every morning. Every morning. My dad called him over and over, late at night, in the Word, praying. It was life. I think that might have had a little impact on us guys <laughs> in that family. Absolutely. It was just real. That's what you did. God was that important. And so uh, she is right. It is not optional. You need to determine where, the amount of time, and just believe God to do it. When are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? And how long are you going to do it? And don't cheat on it. Okay? And as she says here, don't, don't miss a day. Don't miss a day. You know, we've talked often about human habits, three weeks of absolutely brutal, unconditional following whatever you're trying to do because you're breaking an old habit and starting a new habit. And then three months of accountability after that. That's how you develop a human habit. But this goes deeper because you, you want to walk with God. There ought to be that heart to know God. But... Um, it's very important. Don't, don't give yourself an option out. Sometimes I'll have an emergency in the morning. Of course, I have to just run then. But even wherever I'm running to, start, I'm starting to pray, you know. And then if I, if it just, then some other time of the day gets set aside. I mean, that's just the way, it's just got to happen. The thing that just burdens me is there's so many people when you're a pastor. You can't play the game. Uh, it's, you can't play the game with your family. You can't play, play the game with people that you're working with. And, uh, and that's sometimes a real struggle. But you've got to meet with God. So refuse to miss a day and uh, be faithful in really whatever commitment you make to reading the Bible. Now, in reading the Bible, you need to 
uh, obviously uh, study certain passages. In fact, it's great when you have a special time every week where you study more in depth. But I do encourage you to read through the Bible. You need to be familiar with the whole thing. That was a habit my parents got me into when I was just a kid. And I've read the Bible through every year since that time. And, you know, now I just can't wait. Even seasons of the year are marked by where you are in the Scripture, you know. I love the summer because what do we go through in the summer with our Bible reading? Psalms, you know. It's a wonderful time. And, uh, and those just needs to be precious to you. Well, I've got to finish here. Now look at your life. Never major on the minors. Major on the majors and the minors will fit in. But people stay up late at night on technology. That's the minors. Reading books that have no edification as an escape. Doing little things because it makes you feel good. Now, some of those things maybe are not, are not a problem. But let's be very careful. What is it that really matters to you? So I just want to encourage you about this. Don't get yourself, don't beat yourself down about this. This is the kind of thing, ask God for grace and just say, this is, this is a deep life choice I'm going to make. And Lord, give me wisdom. I'm going, to re I'm going to make a commitment to you. I'm going to make provision for it. I need it to become just absolutely set in who I am. And you may need some accountability sometimes. It's fine you know, as you get going. But just don't, don't let that at all slip. So I just have to say amen to her chapter.